Hello and welcome to Rooftop, the UK's only dedicated roofing podcast brought to you by NFRC. I'm Phil Campbell. And I'm Pip Applegate. We're once again recording from home as lockdown continues, so apologies in advance for any sound issues. So this episode of Rooftop, um, we are looking at reverse charge VAT and we are joined by Liz Bridge. Liz Bridge is the secretary of the Joint Taxation Committee um, a post she's been in since 1990. The uh, Joint Taxation Committee advises a number of trade federations in the construction industry, including the NFRC. And she is a good friend of the NFRC. Um, and she produces a monthly newsletter available to all NFRC members uh, and details um, upcoming tax changes that are imminent, um, including reverse charge VAT and IR35, amongst others. On today's episode, we are looking specifically at reverse charge VAT. Um, a policy that is coming into place on the 1st of March. And hopefully today we'll cover all the questions that NFRC members have. Um, and um, but if there is any other questions that people have, please do contact the help desk and we can try and answer those. Um, so welcome, Liz. Hello. Good afternoon. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Um, so obviously um, there's been a number of delays to this policy and there's been a lot of speculation in the press about whether it's going ahead or not. Um, you're quite close to the um, HMRC um, and, and the Treasury. I mean, what, what's the mood music there? Is this policy definitely going ahead or, or not? On Friday last week, the Federation's lobbying for a delay received a letter which came from the Treasury and basically said there will be no delay. So we are now flat out getting ready for a start. I don't want anybody listening to be holding their breath and hoping against hope mm. that some magic pixie will save them. <laughs> We're lost. We must we must start preparing for reverse charge VAT. It's going to start on the 1st of March. Mm-hmm. So the message is clear. This policy is coming. It's, um, it's going to be introduced on the 1st of March and you need to start preparing if you haven't already now. <laughs> yes. Yes. So so hopefully most of the people listening you know, would have already started looking into this and started making some preparation. But for those who, who haven't, uh, could you just give a quick overview of the policy and, and what it's going to mean for, for firms in the sector? Right. Um, for roofers, mm-hmm. I imagine that most of the work you do is for a main contractor or for a client. Mm-hmm. The work that is done for main contractors from the 1st of March will be reverse charged, almost certainly. The work done for ordinary domestic housing um, and for people that are going to occupy the buildings that you're roofing, um, the, the VAT will remain as normal. The governing thing that you must look at is a flow chart. Your trade federation have some training materials prepared by the JTC. And in the appendix are two flow charts. The first of those flow charts you must download and copy, laminate, <laughs> sleep with under your pillow, have tattooed <laughs> to your chests. 
Um, because that is, in a nutshell, what you must do to decide whether when you bill out for work, you are going to charge VAT or reverse charge the VAT. And the flow charts will always hold your hand and take you through that decision making. Mm-hmm. And so if if, um, if there's, like you said, companies that um, realise they should be doing that, when should they actually apply that that reverse charge? We changed to reverse charge at midnight on the 28th of February. Oh, OK. It's, um, it's, a, it's like a light switch it throws. So yeah. if you invoice for work up until the 28th of February, you invoice with that. Right. If you invoice on the 1st of March and after, you have to think Am I invoicing with that or am I reverse charging? I must look at my flow Flow chart. chart. (laughs) Um, There is also things you must know about your customer. People have never really investigated their customer, but it is who your customer is that tells you whether you can reverse charge them or not. If you are paying for materials, you will always pay VAT. You will always be um, charged VAT on an invoice for materials and you'll pay it. Um, If you are getting labour from an employment agency, a genuine employment agency, they will charge you that and you will pay it. Apart from that, your subcontractors will have to ask you if you are VAT registered. Well, you all are. You wouldn't be listening if you weren't, truthfully. Are you all VAT registered? Are you CIS registered? Yes, you all are. And then they will ask you if you're an end user of the building that they're engaged on. Um, well, truthfully, you know, you're not. Unless you're re-roofing your own offices, you're not. And that means that all your subcontractors um, who supply invoices to you, apart from materials, apart from labour agents, will have to reverse charge you. They will not charge you that. So it is only the incoming invoices for from labour agents from building suppliers and from people selling you chocolate bars and chairs <laughs> who will charge you that. Looking at who you charge that to, my guess is, but this must always be checked, that where you work for a householder, you will be charging that. Where you work for a local authority, you will be charging that. Where you work for a main contractor, you will be reverse charging. And in those circumstances, is I mean, for the end user, is there a particular piece of documentation they need to provide to HMRC to say that? They need they need to actually say, I am an end user. Um, in in the stuff that's available through the Trade Federation, you, there's I've drawn up a basic form of words. But there's nothing scientific about that basic form of words. What's, what is important is that it's written 
either on a piece of paper or on an email. And really what's important is you see the words, I am an end user, because there aren't many people that would use that form of words unless they knew what they were talking about. Um, I would like it to say I am an end user for the purpose of Section 55A TM, um, fi Finance Act 1994. But truthfully, if it says I know I'm an end user, that would be acceptable. But it, you, a phone call isn't enough. You want it. You want to be able to store it and keep it. And if anything goes wrong, prove that you saw it. Mm. Mm. Makes sense. Yeah, and in terms of, so you, you mentioned about reverse charging on the invoice. I mean, how do you, how do you show that on an invoice? Because this is quite an unusual concept for most people in the industry, isn't it? Yes. Mm -hmm. and, and what you actually need to make sure you've got between now and the 1st of March is two basic sorts of invoice one you already own, which is the invoice that says £100 worth of work, column right, 100 that at 20%, column on the right, £20, total at the bottom of the page, please pay me £120. That's the invoice you've got at the moment. You also need to have an invoice that says work done 100 in the column to the right, under work done, this is a reverse charge invoice. The supply is standard rated. You do not put any number in the right hand column. So the total payable is simply 100. You don't work out what the VAT is. Um, you say it's a standard rated supply. You say it's reverse charged. And the other person's software will handle it properly, but you don't want any ninny running their eye down a right-hand column and starting to pay you that because it's a reverse charge invoice. And with regards to our members, you said if they're working with subcontractors, what's the best way to make sure that they know about the changes? Is it to reference that flowchart that you've mentioned again, or is there other documentation they should look at? Your trade federation has a pro forma letter to subcontractors, um, which at the end of the podcast, we, we can make sure everybody has. I've got... Training materials which have the, the, the flow chart in the appendix, appendix one. Then there's a draft letter to subcontractors, which twitters on a long time about what reverse charge is in case they don't know. Mm. But then comes to the nub of it, which is please do not do anything but reverse charge me after the 1st of March. And then there is a pro forma letter to customers, clients, contractors, which asks them for their VAT number and their CIS details and are they an end user. Right. If you regularly work for Alpha BT, you will ask once 
they're that number and they're, they're CIS. But as you sign up to each contract, it would be wise to ask them, are they an end user on that project? If they don't reply, you reverse charge. Once somebody has said to you that they are VAT registered and they are CIS registered and you're making them a CIS supply, the default position is reverse charge. It isn't, oh, they haven't replied to me, they haven't told me any of their details. Well, I'd only feel safe issuing a VAT invoice. Mm. This is a scheme introduced by the revenue to leave VAT as high up the construction chain as possible and to pick it out from the main contractors. Mm-hmm. So as long as you know that you're working for somebody who's on two enormous inland revenue databases, mm-hmm. VAT and CIS, you reverse charge them if you hear nothing from them. Okay. They'll tell you if they're if they're an end user, and then you'll charge that. Yeah. Liz, what if your end user is a, a homeowner? Do they still need to confirm they're an end user or not? No, um, no because the if you look at your flowchart, your <laughs> first question is: Is my customer VAT registered? Now, most homeowners aren't VAT registered, and truthfully, you generally know when you're doing a domestic house Mm. that you're working for the homeowner. And if they were to say, well, I am that registered, you know, there's the feeling of, oh, this is going in for fraud here. Um, But then you say, are you CIS registered? Mm. It's always an interesting question because the people that say, yes, here's my UTR, are obviously CIS registered and know about it. The people that say, what do you mean, (laughs) aren't. (laughs) It's one of those things where, unfortunately, it's a nasty piece of inland revenue legislation. And if it applies to you, 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 you've you've learned the hard way. (laughs) So are you CIS registered? Anybody that looks a bit confabulated by that, they're not. And you know that you're going to be giving them a normal invoice. Yes. It's these, these two questions tell you that the other person you're working for is in construction mm-hmm. and that they're on selling building work. And that's where you reverse charge. And, and what about if you're working in the house building sector where it's VAT zero rated? How, how, do, how do you handle that? Oh, well, of course, <laughs> you get out your flowchart. <laughs> you will find that one of the, the first question is, is this work within the CIS scheme? Well, you know, you're roofing. It is. Is this work standard or reduced rated? No, it's zero rated. And what the flowchart will tell you to do is to send out a normal zero rated invoice. There's no there's no VAT on it anyway, truthfully. It's a reverse charged. It's a sorry, it's it's a zero rated invoice. Yeah. Um so with the clock ticking and it being 
around two weeks or so, or you know, until this comes into play. What would you say the main steps that companies such as our members need to do right now? Right. I think it's really important for roofing companies to look at their cash flow quickly mm-hmm. because many roofing contractors do buy a hell of a lot of very expensive materials mm-hmm. and they install them on roofs for main contractors. So they will be paying out a lot of VAT mm-hmm. and after the 1st of March, they'll be collecting very small amounts of VAT. Yeah. If that is the case, they will effectively be banking with the inland revenue for a quarter. Mm. And everybody's cash flow won't take that. Mm. You must test your cash flow. You must imagine what's going to happen and whether at the end of March the revenue will owe you money. Because if they do, you register with the revenue to become a monthly repayment trader. That means you put in your VAT returns once a month and once a month they send you a cheque. If you do the sort of work for a lot of domestic players so that you still do have a little bit of that to pay, you wouldn't do it. You'd stay quarterly. Mm-hmm. But the decision whether to become monthly or stay quarterly is a very important decision to make mm-hmm. for people like your some of your members who have big material bills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. Then you've got to look at who is likely to pay you in March and April, mm-hmm. which is when your cash flow is going to be at its tightest, so that you know how to invoice them or apply for payment. You know whether you're going to reverse charge or not. So all those customers that you expect to pay in March, April, May, you know there, you ask them for their VAT number, their UTR, and are they an end user? Because you want to be able to push out a normal invoice or an application for payment or a reverse charge invoice or reverse charge invoice. You need to be able to do it as at the normal dates mm-hmm. and not be floundering around in an office discussing with one another. This might be reverse charge. Mm. How do we do that? Mm. Because that will slow down the flow of money. Yeah, get yourself prepared, basically. So you're you're ready to push out bills in the new format and you know who those people paying you are. You warn your subcontractors, you know, tell them, I'm not paying you. Nobody's going to get that out of me after the 1st of March so that they're not sending you duff stuff. Mm-hmm. And the person who's responsible, because it's usually the same person, the person responsible for putting out the invoices and paying the invoices is often the same person or the same team, mm-hmm. so that they're not slowed down by large numbers of flapping subcontractors saying, but where's my VAT? Yeah. <laughs> Or indeed their wives saying, I was expecting £120 and you've only paid me 20 <laughs> So you you get ready. Yeah. Um, 
And what about the software you use? Are, are most kind of accountancy softwares built, have this built in? They, you've got to get new soft. When I, when I say new software installed, um, you can't go on thinking that you can run on any old version that hasn't mm. been updated. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been doing double entry bookkeeping for very, very many years now. And my brain would fall out if I had to do reverse charge <laughs> monthly. It's, mm. um, it's would you like to, to, you know, you've got conventional screwdrivers. Would you like to mend a transistor radio? No, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, reverse charge VAT is, it, it requires the software that can do it. So if you've been running without updates on old software, you've got to get to grips with that. Mm. If you have normal updates, make sure that you've got the reverse charge one in and and make sure you know how to use it. Mm -hmm. Have a play, have a look at it, know how it works. Great. And in terms of enforcement, um, are HMRC going to be coming after people straight away with this? Have they indicated that to you? What they've said is that they've they've said that the first six months will be light touch. Um, that makes me heave with laughter and lie on the floor. Um, <laughs> it will be light touch because we'll all be in such a muddle. Um, <laughs> what nobody must be caught doing is being paid VAT and then not mentioning it. (laughs) If some idiot who should have reversed charged you, you see, pays you VAT, wonderful, but put it on your VAT return. I mean, I wouldn't ever squabble with anybody who made the mistake of paying me VAT, Mm. but it must, must, must go on your VAT return. Because then if customs and excise find a mistake, the normal way with with them of penalising a mistake is to do a a penalty based on VAT lost. (laughs) No VAT has been lost. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, You've done it correctly. You mustn't yourselves pay VAT when you shouldn't have because the other person may handle it correctly and bank it and and, and um, do it properly. They may indeed take your cheque, bank it and disappear forever. Mm-hmm. Customs and excise then asked you for VAT because you you should have reverse charged it. Mm. You're left paying. Except, except other people's mistakes when it means that they're paying you fat. Don't ever pay it yourselves by mistake. Mm. Unless you're working for an end user. You don't pay it by mistake. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Okay, Um, Liz, was there anything else you wanted to to get across on this podcast to our listeners? Yes, I've got um, a question that keeps being asked of me at the moment, which is about the transition across sort of the the time we make the change. And it always begins with somebody saying, oh, well, I did the work in February, but I made, and then they start rabbiting on about when they made an application or when they invoiced. Right. No tax scheme ever cares when you did the work. Mm. What are 
every tax scheme cares about is the earlier of the date you invoice and the date you were paid. And, and an invoice isn't an application for payment. An application for payment is like a love letter. I've finished the work. Do you think you could pay me? An invoice is a legally binding document. Mm -hmm. So you're looking at the earlier of two dates, the invoice, or if there wasn't an invoice, the date the money came. And if the earlier of those dates is in February or January, it should carry that. And if the earlier of those two dates is in March or April, it can be, it may be, that it should be reverse charged. Mm. Um, but for example, there may be retentions about, retentions for work done in 2020. Retentions are rarely invoiced. Um, they come out of the blue, as often as not, or they come because somebody sent a letter saying, can I have my retention now? Yeah. If a retention is paid after March, it should be reverse charged. Well, it can, it, it, it's in the new rules. Okay, so for those listening then, um, in terms of the key information they need, so you've got the flow chart that yes. we will circulate to, to members. Then there's the draft letter to subcontractors, the draft letter to for end users. Yes. Yeah. And, and and was there anything else in terms of the key information? I do have an interactive Excel spreadsheet, which you can't print, but you can get on from the Trade Federation, which you can fiddle about putting numbers in for your business to see what your cash flow looks like. Oh, and I'll okay. make sure you have that. Good. Good stuff. And and, and NFRC members, you know, we're part of the, the JTC. So can, can members call you as oh, well yes. if they have any further questions yes. after looking yes. at all the documentation? But when they've got their questions, could they have their flow chart on the table? <laughs> <laughs> so that I'm not left saying, have you looked at the flow chart? <laughs> you want that as an automated uh, yes, point on yes. the phone call, don't you, on the way in? Have you looked at your pro clock? Press, press one for yes. <laughs> uh, I know I, saw, I I do constantly rabbit about it, but it was it, it's it was designed with the revenue on the basis that if somebody followed it carefully, mm -hmm. scrupulously, and anything went wrong they would have a reasonable excuse and they'd be inside the light touch treatment. Um, and actually, if you follow it, you won't go wrong. Mm. Um, it's, it's, it's a foolproof way of getting through a maze. <laughs> um, my experience is that people don't really focus on it. Don't look, they don't, they either don't have it, when they have it, they don't solemnly start at the top and work down mm. like a recipe. It, that's what it is. It's a recipe card and you start at the top and you work down. Great. So for everyone listening, I think the key takeaway from this podcast is start preparing if you haven't already. This is definitely coming and download that flowchart. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Good. And 
um, you know, if anyone has any questions or um, would like any of the information discussed, and if they haven't got it, please do contact the NFRC help desk and we'll be able to get that sent out to you. But hopefully you should have all received it um, as part of our communications on this. And if you have any further questions for Liz, again, call the help desk and we can pass on the number for the JTC help helpline as well. Um, so we hope everyone listening has found this useful. And thank you very much, Liz, for coming on and, and speaking to us today. And, and, and when you finish listening to this podcast, get, get preparing um, for the 1st of March. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye, everybody. Back on the